The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you from Salem, New Hampshire, Two Guys Cigar Studio, and we are going to talk to you today about online dog training. We are going to break this down for you. We've been dealing with this for a while, and we want to give you our take on it and our feelings, and hopefully some of it can help you. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. What do you want to talk about for our tip? Uh, the tip of the day, we're going to talk about anal glands Ooh, real quick good because one. my dog good one. needed his anal glands expressed this week, and that it was a, kind of a stinky situation. <laughs> That is true. So uh, an important thing with dog ownership is to look at your dog's behavior as it relates to rubbing his butt on the ground, everything else. Jimmy came in the other day. He had a little bit of loose stool. I don't know. I looked under his tail and he had a little bit of swelling. And I I don't know, it's 2020 moving into 2021. There's been a lot going on in the world right now. It didn't look like an impacted anal gland. I wasn't totally sure, but we brought him to our vet because we're like, whatever, we'll just make it happen. I should have done his glands at home. But I am not very equipped to do that, and I'm since going to be learning. Anyway, we brought him in. It was just glands, and it's an important thing that you have your groomer, your vet, or even yourself be able to do it. And with Jimmy specifically, it was a bone issue. Yeah, it's nice to have something. I mean, a lot of people are using kibble, so if they're eating a dry dog food, maybe when it's coming out, it's it's a little more coarse Coarse, and um, a little more firm, and that helps to express those anal glands. We feed a raw diet if we don't maintain enough bone in the diet if they're eating just hamburger every day it's not good for them they need it's not a balanced diet so um he was he's never like this is not something that's an issue for us typically yeah but we normally have bone in their diets and with the raw we didn't have bone so we bought him a few wings and a few drumsticks ground them up he gets some supplement and i'm buying backs next week but we wanted to kick it off with anal glands they stink but they're important to deal with and you don't want that fluid to be sitting in there too long and it to get Im- impacted and rupture and anything else and i would say in closing go on youtube there's a million videos on how to express your dog's anal glands if you don't want to get into that i understand completely uh, but bring you them may, somewhere else to do it and normally your, there's a little smell or something going if you get on. your dog groomed groomers are typically will do that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. for you and you may not need it at all some dogs never need it some dogs need it like every time they go to the groomer because yeah. they just are always getting impacted and all kinds of issues. Yeah, it's genetic and yeah. diet and everything else. All right, let's talk about online dog training. So let's just be frank and honest and everything else. Scott and I- Call um, me Frank. <laughs> we're going to call you Scott and then we'll call you Frank later if things go well. So Scott and I have been doing in-person dog training for the entire time we've been together. We thought maybe we could segue and get out of it and you know go online and serve more people and everything else. So we really- delved very deeply into this market, I would say, and we learned about it from a lot of different areas and everything else. Since that point, we have our podcast. We love our podcast. We're kicking off our podcast for the year. We're sticking with our podcast. We're committed to our podcast. We also have offered a few online courses ourselves, but they're not like big immersion courses. They're tricks, anxiety courses, nose work, just some fun hobby kind of stuff. We want to talk to you about what we've learned, what we think might work, um, what to maybe stay away from, shy away from, and kind of go from there. So why don't you open us up? What are your thoughts on the process? We're going to try not to be too negative on the whole issue, but we also want to steer you guys so you're not wasting a lot of time and money. 
Well, I would say this. I mentioned this to Jess this morning. Just online courses in general, forget about dogs. The rule of thumb in uh, when people buy an online course is that they don't complete the course. Most people buy a course. They do one or two lessons, maybe. They may look at the whole thing. They may not even do that. And then the excitement about complete, when they see that there's work involved, quite often people, it just falls away. I've done it myself. I've bought many online courses for different type of things, writing. Um, what else? A meditation course I took. I've taken a lot of EFT, courses. Yeah, EFT, yeah. Emotional Freedom Technique. And I've completed uh, not all of them, but most, uh, some of them. I Probably half of them. I mean, I, I took, a, I took an, e, an NLP course, Neuralistic Programming, which was very intense. It was like, it was so big, I got like a third into it and I just couldn't continue on. It got a little bit dry for me. The point is this. Same thing applies to dog training. The, you know, the ad comes up or you're hunting for something online. Something comes up for 99 bucks. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen and we're going to give you your money back if it doesn't work. This, that, and the other thing. It's a miracle product. People buy it. And it's only 99 bucks. And then they typically don't complete it. And now, that's just one aspect of online training. And that somewhat goes back to the instructor and the company. Like, there's a lot of push in the online world right now that if you're selling a product, motivate your clients to use it. Motivate your clients to get, you know, involved in it, to immerse themselves in it, even if it's a course that's $99. But... There's also an accountability factor of people that are going to be on the other end of it, and that's on them to a certain degree. However, as far as the online stuff goes, it's self-paced. You can do it from your house. A lot of times things look pretty affordable. So there's a lot of pros with everything. The con to me is just dogs in general. Like dog training to me is a very hands-on type of situation. Um, every dog is different. There can be troubleshootings for certain behaviors. That doesn't necessarily mean that they troubleshot exactly what your dog is doing. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're seeing firsthand yourself and interpreting what's going on correctly to report back to the instructor or the group. So that's my biggest concern with it is dog training to me and how I like to train dogs is a very hands-on experience. Yeah. And I, it's not, I'm not trying to say, and I don't think that we are trying to say that it can't happen, that you can't take an online course and get your dog trained. It's not impossible. The best courses are the ones that are the most work for the person teaching that course, because they're going to tell you, submit a video of your dog doing this and that. They're going to review your video and then they're going to give you an email and say, hey, this is, you got to change this, they're this, gonna this, and this. They're going to give you some legitimate they're gonna, Yeah, they're, And they're going to work with you to get this done. That's not a $99 course. That's probably a $500 to $1,000 course. And, the other, and that gets me back to the online stuff. If you want to make a living selling online courses, it's very difficult to make a living selling a $39 course because you got to sell so many of them. So then these people that are trying to teach everyone how to make money, they're like, you got to sell a $1,000 course. The people are more likely to do the homework if they pay a thousand over ninety nine. Well, that's true. How many people want to spend a thousand bucks for an online course? Especially when you're not going to get any in person training. Yeah, so people don't want to spend a thousand in person. We have been at this game in various senses for a year and a half, and your big head honcho online dog people have really been out there for about a decade. And there are some very ethical, very heart centered 
entrepreneurs and course builders and membership sites out there. And we're going to get to some of that. And I would say if I'm going to talk about companies like that, that have really good programs, they're more sport kind of programs. They're more peripheral programs. They're not these behavioral programs that you may be facing as a pet owner with aggression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and potty training and everything else. So let's just say that right off the base, that what we're talking about, if you're going to be spending that much money then maybe you should look at some in-person stuff. Like there's Mm going to be a fallout there online versus in-person. For obedience training specifically, it is very hard to teach someone leash mechanics. There's a lot of people doing hybrid online training or full-on online training with e-collars. I guess e-collars are a little bit more mechanical. Personally, Scott and myself would never do an online course for e-collars. That's not to knock anyone that has or say that it isn't working. We don't go and buy everyone's courses and deal with all that. We have other stuff to do. But that's more of a mechanical tool that you can say, deal with this, do this. Dealing with a leash with a dog, it's very hard to say like, okay, you want to move the leash this way. You want to do this. It's, it's harder to relay those mechanics. Let's say that. And as far as the online courses go and why Scott and I wouldn't do like an e-collar course, so to say, Scott makes people do three classes with him with an e-collar minimum. Like if people buy a package of classes and they say, oh yeah, the last class of the four pack or the last class of the eight pack, like, oh, we want to do e-collar. He says, I'm not going to sell you an e-collar. Like you, that's not, we're not doing that. You need to learn three classes and Scott likes to be there and manipulate the collar and learn the buttons and everything else. So there's different things that you can look for out there, but for the most part, depending on where you live, if you're not very, very remote, I would try to find some in-person training. There's so much more benefit to being out in the world, working through real life situations, having your dog have to interact with other environments, other trainers, go to the bathroom away from the house. There's a lot of benefit to that, you guys. And you may expose some issues with your dog that you don't know. The dog may act totally normal in the kitchen. You bring him to a new place. He acts completely shell-shocked and out of his mind. Yeah, and I will say, you brought up the dog sports, that I, I know, and you know more people than me, that are dog sports enthusiasts that do online programs and are very successful with it. Yes. And that goes back to, we talked about the trick training previously. People that have a relationship with their dog, they know how to engage their dog right away. They know what motivates their dog, but they don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. They can take that those foundational tools and now jump into X, Y, and Z and have some success there. But we're not talking your average pet owner. It's yeah. funny, I'm in the midst of a blog post right now and I'm trying to define pet pet world like pet owner, like dog owner versus the dog world. And it is two very different things. But if you are already a member of the dog world, you've had a bunch of pets in your life and you want to get into sports, there are some really good options for you. When we get back from break, we're going to talk to you more about the specifics of what to look for and maybe what to avoid. And hopefully if you've considered online training before, we're giving you some good things to think through before you purchase. What makes Coranda Beds chew-proof? Only Coranda Beds have a patented design which secures the fabric inside the frame, making it totally inaccessible to jaws and paws. Your dog can't chew the fabric because we've hidden the edges inside the rails. Dogs love Coranda Beds. See why? Coranda Beds come in a variety of custom sizes. You can even add a fleece pad on top for extra coziness. And these beds can be used both indoors and outdoors. But best of all, our beds are easy to clean. Just wipe them off or hose them down. Visit dogbed.us slash thequirkydog for more details. All right, we are back and we are going to do the quirky question of the day. So the quirky question of the day was what... 
do we do when we get a rescue that doesn't work out? And I think this story may top it for me in 10 years of some crazy stories. So go ahead and tell them what happened. Well, I got a call the other night from a a woman in California that met me about 20 years ago at a seminar. And uh, I didn't, uh, she stumbled into me because I'm in the state of Maine. We're in the state of Maine. She had a client that she's now involved in a Malinois rescue. And this person got a rescue about 40 minutes north of us in Maine. The rescue, though, came from Dubai. So they were just told, this dog is great. The rescue paid a lot of money to get that dog shipped overseas to get it to this client who said, hey, we want to take this dog. And they get the dog to their house. And the dog is, you know, biting at the leash when they go for a walk, which... You know, they can deal... These are not new dog... These are not first-time dog people. It was a Malinois, which is like a police dog or a military dog or a SEAL team dog. And um, they already had one or two Dutch shepherds, so they weren't brand new to working working dogs. dogs. Yeah, this wasn't just a... They they knew what they were getting into. Pet dog owner, yeah. They had a crate. They were doing everything right. And the dogs, you know, first biting on the leash and then start showing aggression towards the man in the house. And they've only had the dog four days. The woman's got the leash. The dog is now starting to lunge towards the guy. The woman had enough sense to say, okay, let's go for a walk. I'm going to hand you the leash. You work the dog and kind of get, take control and establish a relationship with this dog. He takes the leash. The dog is, goes from jumping and biting at the leash to grabbing his finger. He's like, oh, I, I, couldn't, I wasn't there, but I would imagine he gave some kind of a yell. <laughs> the dog came off, grabbed his thigh, and then bit his back. Which isn't normal. A dog, That's not normal behavior no. for any dog. Yeah, if, for especially any dog. a dog that's been <clears throat> trained for biting. They're well, going to kind of be in one area for one. They're not yeah, going to I don't think this dog had any know. training exactly. because he came off the bite three times. Exactly. So Thank now, God he didn't have training. He would have taken the guy down. Scott had gotten this call, and uh, I was catching up. We met at the grocery store, and he was in the middle of this call at the grocery store. So then later that night... I said I'd go out and see him. Yeah. Scott said he'd go out for an eval, see the dog, see if he could help. Later that night, the owner of the dog calls back. She is standing in the bedroom. The dog is growling outside the door, has her trapped in the bedroom, and her boyfriend was in the house with a gun in In case things went south. Like, this was, she had called, like, she's, like, in this moment. Like, this is the position she's in, calling us, which we had not met her, we had not met this dog, everything else. So... I mean, we were trying to help to the best of our ability, so we told her some advice that she'd gotten from another trainer about not to walk in and square up on the dog and be confrontational. The dog was taking treats. Anyway, she got the dog in the crate. Animal Locked control crate. came, took the dog in the crate, in the leash, in the muzzle with whatever on, and the dog is gone. So if you have a rescue that is not working out, this is as extreme an example as possible, but if you have a rescue that is not working out, especially in the first few days, Please try to get that dog into a safe place away from your home, no matter what the circumstances. Do not feel bad about it. And God rest its soul. I hope that dog is peacefully sleeping and euthanized. Oh, and I would say not working out doesn't mean that the dog's poorly behaved. Yeah. Many dogs are poorly yeah. behaved. You got to get some training. Yeah, you got a no. dog. Let's get some training. Yeah, but let's create some structure. Behavioral stuff seems like it's not working. Any aggression, that kind of thing. And give, I just want to say lastly with a rescue, you know. If there's no aggression issues, you got to give the dog at least four to six weeks to settle in and with some training and 100%. get him into a new routine. 100%. Be fair to the dog. Yeah. If it's not working out, contact your rescue. If it's not working out with the rescue, contact other professionals. Don't just act like we made this bad. We have to lie in it. And I would say just in closing, the only things in addition to aggression issues that I wouldn't tolerate is extreme anxiety. If this dog is just not comfortable in its own skin and it's nothing, it's, it's comfortable nowhere. But what they did, and it was the right thing. Call for an eval from a trainer. Get a yeah. professional's opinion if you're not quite sure. 
this was above and beyond a trainer. Mm -hmm. That's some crazy stuff. That lady doesn't need that. And I'm glad everyone. Let's let it go. I don't think (laughs) online training would have helped that situation. Exactly. That is a good point. So let's get to that, you guys. So online dog training, these pitches that you're getting in your feed, this is part of the reason that Scott and I were kind of like, eh, this doesn't necessarily seem ethical. So the people that are making big money are literally pitching like, pay me 97 bucks and I'm going to fix every problem from, you know, top down and it'll be great. And your life has changed. And I'm going to give you some examples of specifics of that. Also, we had COVID, right? We're all staying at home. Everybody's like, jump online. It's so easy. It's easy peasy. Well, there's a lot of tech to that. And the tech isn't as hard to master, at least for me, that it's always changing. And that's just how all technology is. But there's a lot of tech to learn. It's not just like a quick, like, all right, let's switch over. And then there's a lot of like things to fish through and fish out. So we were dealing with I guess it was a business consultant or whatever. And they were like, you know, if you want to make money online, like, you know, first thing you have to do is give us five grand and that's, you know, what we're going to set you up for, for your program and everything else. And he was telling us there's a lot of places that are converting. So some of the examples that he sent that were converting, this is um, oh, can I just a $97 add course. We talked with this gentleman on the phone and we told him this isn't working in our, in our industry. And he said, oh, no, no, no. And he brought up four or five examples of dog trainers that were doing it. And now I'll let you take over. Yeah. So one of that was um, a course that was $97. And within that, it said, believe it or not, all dogs have some aggression. Even if you call it something else, this video applies not just to overtly aggressive dogs, but all dogs must watch for $97. This was an add-on. It's going to fix your aggression. That's great. That's awesome. I wouldn't even do an online consult with aggression necessarily. Aggression gets hairy. Aggression can go south quickly. We've seen a lot of it. Real aggression can be very concerning. So that's great that it's working, but that was concerning. Um, Another thing that we had, if you cannot for any reason get your dog successfully trained, use our system. All the bonus information I'm giving you, you can find me as a dog trainer if it doesn't work. I'm so confident that the techniques, you'll be successful. You'll be contacting me with a testimonial, everything else. This was a program that was $538 and he was selling it for $39.95. So for under $40, you can have, oh, geez, I'm getting really fired up about this. You can have everything in Sign the bag. me up. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big promise. That's a big promise, you guys. That is a big ask. There was a course that I found that I did like. I haven't bought it. Brain training for dogs. It was 47 bucks. It sounded cool. Maybe that's some good stuff. There was the secrets of potty training. Potty train your dog in seven days or less. I have not heard of a puppy or an adult dog with potty training issues specifically being trained within a week or less, but maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. That course was $16. I, if you guys want to try to reach out and get some other ideas, that's fine. But I don't want somebody to say, oh, I took a potty training course. I paid 16 bucks. My dog isn't potty trained. I can't potty train my dog. It doesn't work. I got to get rid of it. Yeah. And, and some of these, a lot of these places, like the $538 course for $39.95, sometimes you're getting so much value. They're really like, you could be getting an encyclopedia of PDFs. You're getting so much information. You could be getting 500 hours of video. You're getting all of this for $39.95. The problem with too much information is we become, we become overwhelmed really quick. I can't even give two behaviors barely in a training class because the people start getting confused. They start thinking ahead too much. Things start falling apart. So I try to keep it real simple and really get that one behavior completely drilled into the human so that they can now make it happen with the dog. You yeah. Know? And the other subset of that, that I wanted to say, there was another 
uh, training course on there. And then that guy got into selling a course for how to be a dog trainer. And that seems to be a pretty common way in the online world in how to make money. So first you're selling a course or a program online. And then instead what you're doing is you're building a course for how to teach someone else to make money, how to teach Mm. someone else to be a dog trainer, how to teach someone else to be an influencer, how to teach someone else to do this. And that is all fine and good. But when you're paying that person to do that for you, you need to think through what that means. When we got involved in canine healing, we had a social media company doing stuff for us. It, it wasn't translating. It wasn't helping anything. It wasn't doing anything. So there's a lot of companies out there that are offering you a high price point, but you need to make sure it's converting. And the same goes for dog training. So it's not that you should completely stay away from online. I'm sure there's some good online stuff out there. But when it smells a little bit fishy, consider that and then consider, is this actually going to benefit my dog? And consider some of these programs that you guys are signing up for in person and online and everywhere else. And give yourself a budget for that. I would say, we say what? Like $2,000 for the first two years of a dog's life is a good budget for training and stuff, I would say. I tell people you should put 100 bucks a month in a bank account if you own a dog. Yeah. If you don't have dog insurance. But you need to have your own budget. I mean, obviously, a board and train program is going to be more expensive and everything else. But there was some stuff the other day about a guy that honestly had a deposit on a couple of dogs for board and train, and it was a $9,000 deposit. I don't know how much the actual training was or what he's offering, and that's not to knock him, and that's fine, and that's awesome. But, like, Scott and I don't want to take... Uh, two dogs for $15,000 because not that we can't necessarily deliver and we don't want to have a lifetime of support. That's a lot of liability of having the animal with us. And personally, if it's not going to turn out to be a service dog or something, I don't think someone should be giving us $15,000 to train their dog. And I'm not trying to ruffle anyone's feathers. That's just truly how I feel about the matter. Well, we're all entitled to make a good living, you know, and that's, you can't have a successful business unless you're profitable. You got to make money. That's, it is true, it's important to make money. We don't want money. you to get scammed in the process. Different, so yeah. tweet through those things. And when it goes to online stuff, the best thing about online is free, 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 free. Give stuff away for free. That's why we originally started talking to you guys to like, you know, hey, we're talking, we're online, but you can hear about us through this. Look at people's free content. Use their free content. Does it work for your dog? Different methodologies work for different people. And as far as becoming a dog trainer or becoming an entrepreneur or becoming anything that you want to become that someone else tells you you can become, I always have been thinking about this lately. Try to be your own mastermind. Try to be your own mentor. And it's not that it isn't good to be in a mastermind program or to seek out a mentor and that those people cannot truly help you grow and thrive, but you need to be that person for yourself also, and that can make a huge difference in your life. Yeah, and sometimes it's even better to commit to being wrong than not committing at all. Because when you don't commit, now the dog is looking at you like, what the frig do we do? I don't know. It's sometimes it's better. Even the wrong decision is better than no decision in yeah. some situations. And as far as some of the better programs out there, we've had Susan Garrett on our podcast before. She has an awesome agility program out there. She has a great recaller program. There are some good bite work foundational programs out there for people. Look into stuff, look at reviews, look at the free stuff. And it's not even that an obedience course won't work for you, but if you've taken one and it didn't work, don't give up guys. Try to go to in-person training and try to do the best you can for your dog. Next week, we are having a super, super exciting episode. I have heard about this company for a long time. I've gotten samples from them. We are having an interview with Farmhounds. You guys, they source their treats awesome. They are super durable for heavy chewers. Everybody's told me about them. Our dogs are loving them. So we cannot wait. We're going to have them on next week, and we will see you then. In the meantime, have a great week. And if you need anything from us, studio at thequirkydog.com. Peace. Keep training. 
Squeak our pig. I have to keep training Scott. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.